What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hoopotheticals. We're back. Uh, I know that we've been long awaiting a lot of people writing in being like, where is the check-in? The buck season has started. Uh, Tommy, I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about it. I, I cannot, uh, like, I can't hear anything else, mate. I've been inundated as per usual. My three assistants have been, uh, like, in mountains of letters and, uh, and the people have been screaming for our kind of end-of-year sort of check-in. Uh, you know, the dust has settled on. We're about a quarter way through the season, not quite all-star, but, you know, 15, 16 games in. And, uh, yeah, we need to update the people. Need to let uh-huh. them know what's happening with the Bucks, what's happening with sort of some other surprise teams. What mm-hmm. are the se- sort of second teams we're looking at? And obviously some scorches of hot takes. You know, it would not be a hypotheticals if we did not have some sizzlers coming out yeah. to your airwaves. That's it. I would say definitely don't have your if you whatever you're listening to this, uh, don't near have it near any flammable materials because there's going to be some very hot <laughs> takes uh, on this podcast. So definitely. If you are, make sure you're wearing something fire retardant if you're going to listen to this, because honestly, it's uh, it's there's going to be a lot of scorches. We recommend you listen to this outside, away from any kind of flammable gases. Uh, <laughs> Not near any dry grass. Water. No dry grass. This is a bushfire episode, this one. We're just scorched earth policy is what we're going to do. That's it. We're burning it all down. Um, well, Tommy, I think before we get into some of our more obscure and, you know, maybe far-reaching uh, hot takes, obviously, this is sort of the sort of 16th, 15th game of the season. And you were mentioning before the pod that we sort of have a regular schedule. Do you want to just like sort of highlight that so people may be able to expect also throughout this yeah. season when we might check in? Yeah, so we've sort of got like an unofficial um, kind of hypotheticals, annual rhythms and flows, I would say. So we usually go for a uh, pre-season sort of uh, like look ahead speculations. Obviously, that'll come out sort of end of September, mid-October, uh, early to mid-October. Then we do what this episode is, a sort of check-in, dust is settled, tw- about 16 to 20 games in, what's the season looking like? We'll then have a kind of new year, new hypotheticals. Psych, nothing's new. We're back into it. Uh, it's post All Star. How was the All Star like sort of weekend? What's the teams looking like? How are the Bucks going? And then we get into playoff territory, pre playoff check in. How are we feeling about matchups? How are we feeling about you know where the Bucks are sitting in the in the Eastern Conference? We then do usually an annual emergency pod. Well, historically, we've done emergency pods on trades. We did an emergency pod last season when the Bucks got knocked out, out of the first round. I think it was warranted. That was an emergency for all of us. I certainly lost. Uh, I mean, my heart skipped many a beats. Um, and then we'll do a kind of like a check-in on the finals and then post-season sort of thoughts. We obviously have other episodes, but it's kind of this I would say about five episodes throughout the season are always kind of around about that same time, that same flow. And I think it's important that we uh, we keep that kind of uh, consistency up for the people. Absolutely. And I think speaking of like the irregular sort of episodes, not weekly, um, but what I was thinking is let me highlight where we're at for us listening back in the future, where we're at at this point, 15, 16 games into this season. So I'm just going to run through the um, ladders and then I think we can jump into what's happening with the Bucks. So just uh, just to go through the ladder on the East, it's Boston at, at the top and then it's Orlando, Milwaukee, Philly, Miami, New York, Indiana, Cleveland, and that's the top eight. Now we go into sort of 
the nine. So nine is Atlanta, 10 is Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago, Washington, Detroit. Now over in the West, uh, this was definitely a surprise from before the season, but at the number one spot, uh, Minnesota, number two is OKC, Dallas, Phoenix, Denver, Sacramento, seven is Houston, eight is LA, uh, Pelicans, Warriors, Clippers, Portland, Utah, Memphis, and at the bottom there, that's the San Antonio Spurs. So, uh, Tommy, just I guess it just very quick reactions to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually didn't know uh, the Magic was so high up, and um, it's well documented my thoughts on the Orlando Magic. Uh, I will give credit where credit is due. Um, them Wagner brothers are hooping right now. Uh, and obviously, Bankera, a d- dude's a bu- uh, he's a bucket. So, credit where credit is due. Um, I have been enjoying the paces, just complete disregard for defense in any sort of capacity. Uh, they do not care. They uh, are just going. It's kind of like a two K where you're just like, let's just run it. Mm-hmm. Like I want a shot off. My shot clock is five seconds. I don't care what that shot is. And so I've been enjoying watching that. Uh, heading over to the West, um, it's been really fun to, like, I love the Kings still. I know they're not at the very top, but I've just, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is just an absolute menace, and I've been really enjoying that dude. Uh, but, yeah, just like the younger teams balling out at the moment, OKC, uh, like, it's kind of cool to see them get their, like, comeuppance almost, like people mm. actually starting to put some respect on their name. Um, sorry, who did you say was the top? Who was number one in the West again, did you say? The Timberwolves, um, man. Yeah, the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and uh, just he's he's driving the bus, and mm. you love to see. I also love again, well documented my thoughts on this. Um, I love a team that's defense first, and which we'll get to in the Bucks, and you know the pain I'm experiencing at this moment, which I'm sure, sure all Bucks fans are. But I'm loving that the best team in the West at the moment is the team that has the best defensive rating in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Rudy's not washed. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought it? Because uh, I lost money on that. So um, I don't know. I, it's good for them, I guess. But uh, yeah. What What are your What are your thoughts on just flybys on that, mate? Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaways. Kind of annoyed that Boston's doing so well, but you know what? Good to, Good for them. I'm really impressed with Miami being in the fifth sl- slot. Um, it hasn't been like in seasons past, that hasn't really been their MO, you know, being good in the regular season. It's just sort of dominating everyone in the postseason. But I kind of respect yeah. that they're, you know, really just going for it this year and actually being good. Um, and another one that's kind of interesting to me is how many teams are above Denver. Like Denver is in the fifth spot right now. Um, so they wouldn't have home court in a uh, playoff series if, you know, if it ended today. So that's kind of also kind of interesting to me. But I do have thoughts on that and we'll get to that later. Um, I just um, I I didn't know Denver had fallen so much, and then I saw Aaron Gordon went for a uh, ice cold zero from twelve in their last game. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, the man could not hit the side of the backboard. Uh, he was ice cold from anywhere mm-hmm. on the court. Man was just out there running cardio. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, tough to see, but no, I mean they're still playing good, obviously outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm surprised. I thought they were. They they must have just dropped like yesterday or the last day before or something. That's kind of well, crazy. 
look, man, we'll we'll get into it because I've got to, I've, I analyzed their game yesterday a little bit and I've worked out something that could be interesting. But let's let's not start with them. Let's start with the team that we're here to talk about, mate. Milwaukee Bucks currently sitting uh, at third. They're eleven and five. They're on a one-game winning streak after losing by three to uh, the Celtics. Uh, so, Tommy, you know it's been a new season, new coach, new superstar on the team. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of new rookies playing. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, it's been um, it's been actually really entertaining to watch, like in a semi-frustrating way, but also in a like it's kind of fun to see them put the pieces together. That's where I'm at. Like it's easy to just be negative. Um, and I've been reading a lot on like for like Reddit forums that kind of thing and sort of getting the sentiment. But I've just enjoyed seeing like the coach just trying so many different things uh whether it be the um the zone like lots of zone putting in like rookie like putting in ajax um putting in a bochamp you know like ro- different rotations um actually l- playing some offensive uh like sets for like brook um you know what i mean like getting him in the paint not just getting him like jacking up threes even though he's actually been shooting all right but uh, yeah, like I, I, it's obvious that Dame and Giannis are just not really, they're just like still working it out, which is fine, like as expected. Um, I think there's like a weird disrespect for Giannis around the league at the moment. I don't know why. Uh, dude is like actually on a tear and people kind of are sort of putting respect on his name. But yeah, it's kind of, I think people expected like everything to just be perfect and clean and sanitized. You know what I mean? For like, like, Oh, it'll just, you know, Dame will come and we'll just like, it'll be ridiculous win streaks and we'll just be blowing everyone out. And I think people are like kind of a bit of whiplash when we don't blow everyone out and I'm okay with it. I'm like, yeah, you know, yes, it kind of sucks that Dame has to play ridiculous fourth quarters to beat like the Hornets. Uh, actually to be fair, the Hornets, we did blow out. Um, but you know, like to beat Washington, you know, like like last Friday, and and even like you know today's game, uh, yeah, that kind of sucks. But I don't know. You got to work things out. They've got a whole season before the playoffs, and I'm enjoying watching Dame be an absolute weapon. And uh, Brooke, wow, I mean, I've been harsh on the man, but the dude is on a tear right now. Uh, season highs. I mean, guess Washington count it doesn't. It still counts. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Man, I got so many thoughts, but let's stay with Brooke. You know what I like about oh. Brooke this season is that clearly oh. it's clearly the messaging from um, the coaches. If you ha- if you're open, shoot it because we need to punish the centers for <laughs> leaking off you. You know they're like if they're not going to guard you, you need to shoot, which I like because you can tell because you can see every time he gets the ball, his initial reaction is to pass it. Like he has like a pause one second. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm open. I'm just going to take this. Yeah. Uh, so I've been loving that they've made him aggressive this season. Cause I think, you know, we saw yesterday's game was against the wizards where they, where Dame Giannis and Brooke all put up over 30 points. Uh, yeah. And it's good to see that aggressiveness from Brooke. I'm also loving Bud would have never allowed this, but Brooke taking people off the dribble from the three point line. Oh. He's got right. he's got crossovers going. He's got left to right hand finishes. Um, no, it's uh, it's amazing. The big step throughs, oh. the uh, like the slow motion kind of like. Dude's actually got a handle as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I I 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. But anyway, what are your other thoughts on the Bucks? I like, so one thing that they've just cracked a little bit as a play that they're starting to use more is not necessarily the Giannis pick and roll, but it's like the setup is Dame and Giannis are out on the wings, but they're both about two steps outside of where the three-point line is. Uh, Dame has the ball. Brooke comes, sets a screen towards the middle of the court. Dame uses that and runs through. And if Dame's open, he can go and finish it. But if he isn't, he can pass to Giannis, who is now, whose defender might be leaking towards Dame. And now Giannis has a full freeway to finish. That's yeah. like what I would call like a Giannis slingshot play, basically, off of a Dame and Brook yeah. pick and roll. Uh, that play is looking good. I've been really, I think everyone was like, oh, the Giannis Dame pick and roll is going to be unguardable. Mm. And what I've seen is the, the uh, Dame Brook pick and roll mm. has actually been incredible, even when they don't have Giannis on the floor. I don't know if you've seen, but Brook sets obviously mm. great uh, screens. And I think in Dame's head, he's like, oh, this is just another like Nurkic sort mm. of situation. Um, and he has been, it, it's been really good. And so mm. I actually want to see more of that because in my head, I'm like, Giannis is always going to get like 25 points. Like he's just mm. always going to get somehow. Um, so I think that Dame needs to focus on, and, and even Brooke need to focus on like kind of getting that other offense going. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed seeing though. And, and obviously you don't realize when there's other offense, like when Giannis comes at, when he makes a cut and you go, oh crap, now Giannis is on the cut. It's a wrap. It's done. Because I've seen them also run sometimes like Giannis will cut baseline. Mm. and then they'll pass to him, and you sort of forget he's there until he cuts and gets the pass, and mm. it's way too late by the time he gets the ball. So uh, mm. that's been deadly. Yeah, and um, all right, so I'm going to go through some like highs and lows, things that are better than I was expecting, things that are worse than I was expecting. Um, right. So things that are better than I was expecting, I think outside of Damon Giannis, our team's chemistry is really good on offense. There's a lot of passing going on. There's a lot of movement. Lots of different people yeah. are getting touches and a lot of people are getting shots. So that is a positive. I would say like mm. outside of those two's particular chemistry, I think our team is actually looking really good. Uh, I think that Chris Middleton's a really good playmaker for this team. He's help, like when he's in the game, you can see a lot more control on the offense. Yeah. And I also think that Giannis's mid-range is looking pretty good. It's looking slightly better than uh, the regular season. Things that I'm not liking, this is my negatives. Giannis's yep. hook shot's looking a little worse, uh, I'd say. Uh, it's a, occasionally, it's, it's, like some games he has it, but some games he doesn't have it. It's just flat. I yeah. don't know if you saw in the Wizards game, he just kind of front rims it and yeah, he's yeah. so close. I think he goes for like the bunny and he, mm. yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't know why that's happening. I also, uh, just to go back a step, fully agree. Our offense is clicking. Mm. Uh, Bobby's shooting well. Hat's kind of getting better. Malik Beasley apparently is like a sniper. I don't know how <laughs> that happened. Campaign uh, is a sniper. Campaign shooting like 50% from three with that weird side on left hand. I, I mean, I'm about it, dude. Yeah. I, and, mate, it is on record. I said campaign was that pickup no one's talking about. Let's not you forget. <laughs> not forget. Dude has been great off the bench. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Um, uh, uh, I, you and I have been discussing Giannis's free throws. They're getting better, but at the start of the season, they were looking terrible. Um yeah, he's had a lot of lucky drops, a lot of yeah. lucky soft, like, it'll, like, hit every part of the rim, like, four hits on the rim and fall in, and I'm like, 
does it have to be like that every time, Yana? Uh, apparently it does. So. You know, have you actually tried, like I went down to the courts, this is just a little sidebar. I went down to the courts. Have you, have you tried Giannis's free throw technique? Uh, no, I don't have five minutes to do two three throws. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, dude, but every time I'm watching the game, I just yeah, skip yeah. the freaking ten second skip. It's just a joke. Uh, but no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't tried his routine. Yeah, yeah, no, and I do want to send those apologies to people that have been watching the Bucks because we have been shooting a lot of free throws. But um, uh, oh. you know, it's been slow. But um, I uh, yeah, I've tried it and it's impossible because there's no rhythm. Nothing in your body has rhythm. Really? You know what I mean? Like, because you know, if you shoot, yep. like, if you shoot a nice post fade, your whole body has a nice rhythm. Like, there's just a nice, almost yep. like perfect snap to it. And I would say yep. Giannis's free throw has no snap to it. But um, another thing that's worse, as we were just discussing, is the sort of playmaking between Giannis and Dame. I don't know yep. if you've been really keyed in on this. I have been super keyed in on how they've been playing together. I mean, obviously, as a Bucks fan, you want it to be amazing, and you kind of have visions of. Uh, you know, a, a pick and roll that is unguardable as people were talking about. But I think at the yeah. start of the season, they were both being very passive and being like, no, no, you go, you go. Like, I want to establish you as a person. Yeah. We were losing games when we were doing that just because there was yeah. it was too passive. I think they, mm. you know, obviously the adjustment has been to tell them both to be more aggressive. Uh, but I think I was realizing this, you know, like how you were saying he plays, you know, Dame's playing so well with Brooke. You know, Dame's playing well with our shooters as well. I think Dame and Malik Beasley yeah. are playing really well together. Those two, like he's finding bees all the time wide open. Uh, but I think what I'm realizing is that it's been so long since Giannis and Dame have been role players, which they kind of have to be for each other to get the best out of each other. Like Dame yeah. has to be a catch and shoot three pointer if Giannis is operating in the post, you know, like that's kind of where his game has to be. And Giannis has to be a good screen setter and good rebounder for Dame when he has the ball. And to sort of sacrifice that much, I don't think it's like, I can't imagine when they've been on the court where it's been three possessions where one of them hasn't touched the ball, you know, in their career. I don't know when yeah. the last time that's happened for either of them, where it makes no sense for Dame to just keep attacking some guard and Giannis just to kind of stand around and do nothing. Uh, I think it's been a long time yeah. for both of them. So I think that that's the adjustment is they have to understand to to get the best out of each other and for them both to average 30 points, they're going to have to both be slightly more role players and s sort of slightly less aggressive, not less aggressive in that they don't need to attack, but they need to be less aggressive that every play doesn't need to be built around them. It's just hard because like it's Giannis team, obviously, but mm. like, and, uh, like Bud was so big on running all of the offense through Giannis and mm. like kind of when Drew came in, like he had the ball more, and they would run it through Chris like a little bit. But, I mean, in my head, I feel like we should be running it like 80% through Dame. And, like, mm. I'm not saying that Giannis should be just like a 90s big who just sets screens and rolls or even just, like, stands in the corner and gets a a pass, like, mm. for an open three. Uh, like, I don't think he should be doing that. But um, it just seems crazy to me. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, there's been a lot of times in the fourth quarter where – Giannis will get the ball and they run it through Giannis and he'll like go for a mid-range pull-up mm. or like kind of tumble into defenses and go for the sort of uh, like the layup or the, or the free throws, which is fine, but it's like you've got Dane Lillard on the court. Mm. You know, I can't see any reason why he's not the one instigating in that situation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that, uh, look, obviously they'll work it out. Um, you know, mm. they're kind of, they've been a bit unselfish. They're also still working out each other's rhythms, but 
I think that Giannis will just learn to defer, to be honest, more to Dame, and I think uh, quite rightly. I also think, like, the other thing is Chris has only been playing 20 minutes a game. Mm. They're ramping up his minutes very slowly. I think they're quite conscious to not sort of overplay him. Um, I like Chris uh, running the offense through him a little bit. Mm. His dribble can sometimes he can get kind of – there can be steals off him a little bit, which I recognize, but hmm. I do. He's been a great facilitator and he just finds open people somehow. So, hmm. um, you know, I think they've been taking great advantage of him. But yeah, it's been a bit worrying. I am keen. Um, obviously, the biggest uh, glaring issue with the Bucks at the moment is really not any of this. The <laughs> biggest glaring issue is what has made the Bucks great in the past, and that's our defense. And I want to hear where you're at with that, mate, because it has been just um frustrating and confusing i i don't really know i've been trying to like place my finger on at the start i was like oh brooke's not in a drop brooke they've been kind of trying to swarm or like get brooke out to the perimeter you know bud was so militant on brooke being in the drop and it kind of worked it seemed to work now they're not doing it and i was like that's why but the last few games brooke has been in the drop and it still feels like every guard has had the floater just automatic. Yeah. And it seems like everyone seems to shoot their best three-pointer like percentages against the Bucks. Somehow they're breaking it. So, yeah, I just want to hear, like, what what do you think is, like, that kind of magic, like, secret sauce that we're missing? Yeah, I mean, I was scared. I mean, our defense has gotten a bit better since the start of the season. Like, if you if um if I'm listening to this in years in the future, if you're listening to this in years in the future, and you Likely. go back to the first, yeah, if you go back to the first games of this season, like we couldn't guard anybody, and it was actually scary yeah. to me. I was like, oh no, are we going to be in the eighth slot? Are we going to be that bad that we can't guard anybody? I think Brooke in the drop has done a lot more in terms of like people aren't really finishing at the rim as much. They are sometimes, yeah. you know, like your good guards, like Jalen Brunson, can do it, but your average like sort of guard is is getting blocked by Brooke, which is great. Brooke's having a great defensive yeah. season. But, man, it's, you know, I feel, I, I don't know, there's just certain things about our team that I, some some of it I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, I think Bobby, when I watch him, he plays good defense, but people always score on him. You know, like, it looks like he gets his hand in their face and then it's still, it's always a bucket somehow. I'm also perplexed by Bobby Portis's uh, defense <laughs> as well because in my head I'm like he's a big dude. Yeah, he usually manages to stay in front of people okay-ish. He yeah. always has a hand up. He doesn't get caught fouling too badly, mm. and he had a really good block against the Wizards. But you're yeah. totally right. Every single time they switch onto him, he gets cooked, and yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, like he's not like Chris, who like in my head I'm like, well, Chris. You know, his knees are kind of not great. He always gets blown mm. by. Yeah. The best thing he can do is just try and get a hand up, you know, yeah. or get a steal, like a little poke. But uh, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this kind of leads me actually into my first hot take of the day. So, uh, Tommy, shield your eyebrows, mate. Um... Woo! <laughs> okay, here's the hot take. So my hot take is that the Jay Crowder injury was actually the best thing to happen to the Bucks this season. No, don't say it to me. <laughs> I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Put the microphone down. Oh, man, I'm happy so, there's no flammables in here, mate. <laughs> this is a hot take. It, comes, it, it, it encapsulates a lot of what I'm thinking. So um, obviously, we've got the new coach, which we haven't even touched on at all, to be honest, really. But um, 
So Jay Crowder, who was shooting extremely well from three and playing pretty good defense. It was looking like Jay Crowder from 2017, honestly, which is great. Really we'll take it. Um, yeah. And he gets injured, I think about, you know, six games into the season. He was looking really good. And now that's meant that we have to play more of our young players and kind of weirder players. So we're looking at AJ Green. We're looking at Ajax. We're looking occasionally at Thanasis. Um, Bochamp's getting more minutes when he's healthy. And I actually think this is really important because, you know, following a Bud team, Bud would never play a rookie, even if we're up by 90 points in the fourth, you know, quarter. He hated playing people that are not at the starter level. And Griffin is much more open to it as a concept. And I think it's been required this season because uh, Ajax has been our only person really bringing energy um, and an intensity on defense that we needed a guard wing position. Like, even though he's still, you know, he's doing rookie mistakes where he's get, he's, you know, getting called for fouls and um, he's sometimes being too erratic where he's getting absolutely blown by Jordan Poole. You know, like he'll misread uh, a crossover and he'll end up at the three-point line and Jordan Poole's dunking it. But at least he's, at least he's like the only person that's kind of, that's really putting in like 110% of their effort. Like he looks like he's kind of almost giving Deliver Dover against the yeah. Warriors type energy where he's just flying around as hard as he can, trying to grab offensive rebounds, trying to hustle up the court every fast break, never getting the ball. You know, he's just trying yeah. to be in the right position. Uh, and so at least from that aspect, I feel like it inspires our team a little bit where it, once he gets an offensive rebound and we get a second go, you can see like Pat Connaughton maybe runs in for a rebound, you know, like it yeah. sort of does things for the team. So I think that it's really important because come playoff time, we're going to need people who can guard Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. We need people who are going to need like 10 minutes and your whole job is just guard him as best you can. And we don't have that on the team other than him really. I mean, putting uh, that is high praise. Uh, mentioning him and uh, our fellow countryman Delhi uh, in the same sentence, but uh, I can't help but be sort of in soft agreement actually with this scorcher of a take, mate. Um, I think what it also does is it allows them to improve. Like I don't know about you, but Bochamp is—he's uh, also been playing energetically, but he's also looking so much more mature as a player mm. now. Um, he's making better passes. Uh, he's like shooting bit. He's getting fouls as well. Like he's going to the free throw line. And I, I feel like you don't actually get that. It sounds so rudimentary. You don't get that without game time. And Bud never put, he only put people in if it was garbage time and only after the other team had already cleared the bench. Mm. Um, so it's really refreshing to like getting them to have time with Dame and with Giannis and that kind of thing, um, I've been loving, like, also Ajax, he's a hype player. He gets everyone excited. Mm-hmm. And he gets sneaky layups. And he gets, like, offensive boards because we never go for offensive boards. Again, another thing that Bud, like, never did was, like, shoot, get back on D. Mm-hmm. Like, he just never wanted to see an offensive board. Um so, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Also, AJ Green, like, he's not great on defense, but he can shoot. And mm. I like him I like him just kind of in the corner or mm. on the wing, and Giannis just finds him, you know, mm. dispatch. Um, so, yeah, I actually, as much as it does hurt to see Jay injured because he was having a great start to the season, and he will come back. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say, you know, at what level, but... Yeah, actually getting rookies in the rotation and not for garbage minutes has been great. 
Uh, it remains to be seen whether Thanasis can actually learn to uh, kind of play. I mean, I, I, it has been noted that he hasn't been getting the minutes that Bochamp, Ajax, and AJ Green are getting. Um, I'm not necessarily disappointed with that choice. Uh, the dude, I mean, he. I'll put it this way. Last time he played, he got teed up for flopping. So uh, I don't know if you saw that, but that was that was a rip. And uh, deservedly so. I yeah. remember watching that thing like, Damn, did he get hit that hard? And then they like played the replay. I was like, come on. Yeah. Uh, you can't be doing that, man. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I guess my last thoughts on the Bucks, we do have to talk about the coach actually, but my last thoughts on the Bucks, this is something I noticed yesterday. Okay. And I think it is, and I can feel it as I watch it though. Giannis is down an assist this year. Like he's an assist, he's averaging a less one less assist this year. All right. And I would say I can feel it on the court. Oh, yeah. You can feel yeah, it. Can like feel you can it. you can feel that he's going for the pass just less often. Just a little less. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's okay in the sense that Dame's going for the pass more. Mm. And Chris is also really he's like mm. averaging like a really weird like 14, 7, and 6. You yeah. know what I mean? Um so yeah, I'm kind of I'm a little bit okay with Giannis just not going for that assist. I think that it'll come in time. But yeah, what are your takes on the coach? Uh, you know, it's only been 15, 16 games, whatever mm. it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, but him and Giannis had words on the uh, at the scorer's table when he took Giannis out uh, for the – I think it was the Celtics game. Um, mm. Did you see that? No. Uh, yeah, he um, – Giannis made some just rubbish play. I think he brought the ball up and then – I don't think he pulled for a three – Mm. But he def I can't remember what the play was, but he made the everyone on the court was like that was not the shot yeah, that yeah. we wanted. And uh he subbed Giannis out and then him and Giannis kinda he like called him. You could actually tell they were mm. having word at the scorer's table. And like I respect that. Um mm. it was taken in good faith by Giannis, like they weren't beefing or anything, but like he was kind of sort of coaching him and talking to him and sort of um, I think just like keeping him accountable. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts, kind of in general, uh, from the from the general, as it were? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like you know, I think speaking of that, like I mean, I didn't know about that incident, but it was definitely evident yesterday. Like if you watch th- that Wizards game, Giannis was only jumping into the huddle when um, when uh, they were drawing up the play, but like he wasn't talking to his teammates. I don't know if you saw, like he was just sitting by himself on like their, like next to their assistant coach thing. And if you watch the whole game, if you look at their coaches section, look at where the players are, there's a seat that's empty between those two things. That's usually Giannis' seat and he was off sitting somewhere else. So definitely the chemistry is a bit weird. And I think that it's more to do with the coaching because he was just not interacting with the coaches at all. Um, But I think it's it's a quirk of the beginning of the season and him sort of not really understanding his role fully and what his freedoms and limitations are, I think. Uh, yeah, just to jump in quickly before we go back to coaching and stuff, I have seen that he's been like sitting away from like staff and team a little mm. bit, like when stopped off and stuff. Um, the uh, like commentators have mentioned it as well. I don't think it's him being dirty. I think it's him just kind of taking a half time and maybe collecting his thoughts. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's him like kind of, you know, like the culture of the team's bad or anything mm. like that. But um, yeah, I. I, I think overall, like, I've been really impressed at the willingness to try different things. Um, Me too. I think it's, you know, I would be worried if we just did, like, if we just went straight back to old plays or mm. old sort of defensive sets. 
Um, yeah, I would be concerned if we looked the exact same Bucks. And I think that the rotations have been interesting and weird. I think like, yeah, he's clearly like trying to just sort of throw things at the wall, see what sticks. And um, yeah, I think that, I, I think it's really good. I think that our winning will go up naturally, uh, but we're not even losing that much either. We're third. You know what I mean? That's fine as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and a hundred percent. I think you know. I think the big thing that I, I think is important to remember is that the hiring of this coach was for the postseason primarily because that's where Bud was sort of struggling because he was just you know sort of doing the same thing over and over again. And I definitely think the experimentation at this start of the season is going to impact our playoff um, offense and defense so well because we're going to have so many options on defense to run. Um, hopefully, we can start guarding you know quick point guards and wings. Uh, but yeah. I think that we're going to have options on offense and defense. And I do think, to be honest, our offense looks better this year in the sense that oh, yeah. I'm seeing different plays for different people. And I'm like, they're going to Bobby a really good amount, I think, who's also having a great season. You know, then looking at mismatches yeah. and they are finding mismatches on the court and exploiting them, which I think we should be doing. And I don't know if you noticed, dude, but like the Celtics game, uh, they were making adjustments the whole game. Like mm. we, it was a weird game in that it was like kind of a, like a almost fake comeback. Um, yeah. And it definitely, it it definitely ended up being a lot closer than what it realistically felt yeah. like, or realistically was. Um, but like the whole game, you know, it was there was switches, there was different lineups. Um, I felt that like. Yeah, we were sort of throwing all these different things at the Celtics, and like it's not like the Celtics had a great game. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like they started, they started well, but they really threw it away in the fourth almost. Um, well, and I mean, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, well, part of that was just because I think we get so many free throws, and they targeted poor Zingas. You could see, like toward like that towards the end of the game, they're like, how can we get this guy off the court? Yeah, and. Um, I just, I we've been saying it literally for years now, but that's just not the thing. Like Bud was very much so stick to the system, and eventually mm. it will pay dividends. And I thought that it would. I definitely felt like the Celtics kind of came to, like halfway through the game, they're like, "This Bucks team is sort of confusing us because mm. they're throwing all these different things at us, and we're not really sure, like how to go." So yeah, I wasn't worried about it. I thought we were when we were down by thirty. I was like, "Ah, oh, this is embarrassing." But yeah. I actually think that we crawled back into it and. Even though Jason Tatum obviously was sick and the, the Celtics didn't play their best game, I think that they're kind of, you know, we sort of put them on notice. Let's not forget that, like, the Bucks have beat the 76ers, um, you know, also. So it's not like we've had the easiest schedule. Um, so, yeah, I think that we're in fine, in fine enough form, really. Mm. And I think, yeah, and I mean, you know, I think the other thing that we didn't really talk about yet but is important about the Bucks season is that, how comfortable I feel in close fourth quarters now. Oh, man. I feel so comfortable because you know, because Dame has been so good at both shooting oh, yeah. threes, Dame time is on, and getting to the free oh. throw line. He is just like, there is almost no one that can stop him from getting to the free throw line, which is, you know, as a fan that loves to watch basketball, it's annoying. But as a Bucks fan, it's fantastic. I have not had this level of confidence in the fourth quarter really ever. And we've talked about the, the horror bled show, just a jack and up three. Uh, lest we forget, mate, those seasons. You remember them. I know you do. But um, yeah, Dame, whenever he's at the free throw line, I'm like, it's going to go in. Yeah. He's going to hit it. 
I'm not worried. And um, he hit that step back three in the Celtics game, and I thought, crap, we might be on here. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. Because <laughs> I'd sort of switched off. I was just about to, like, kind of, um, like, show the scores because I just wanted to look at the box scores and stuff. And, I, and he hit that step back three. I'm like, hang on. Uh, we we might be on. We might be in business with this. Um, wasn't to be, obviously, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, I've been really just. He's been, he's been exactly what you thought he'd be. He's been calm. He's taken control. Always gets the free. Like I don't know how he just initiates contact. I guess mm. and just always gets the call. Um, and I don't have to rely on like Giannis. You know, I don't have to make intercessions and prayers every time Giannis goes to the free throw line. You got the time for it as well, mate. I mean, I you know, you can get through some significant sort of prayer time with Giannis at the free throws. Um, but yeah, and even just like, yeah, just the control that Dame has. You know, finding the open shooter, mm. moving around the court, pick and roll. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I do think, like, just my, my final thought is, like, the chemistry I think is going to happen when Giannis realizes he can rest on Dame yep. free throw time and so he can actually stay in the game longer. Like, he can use that as, like, a mini sub where it's like, oh, we've got 30 seconds where I don't have to do anything. Let me just kind of yep. rest. And he can, that'll give him 30 seconds more into the quarter. So I think, like, if he can understand that per- sort of aspect, I think he'll probably get into it a bit more. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on to other topics, Matt? No, mate, it's just been really excited to be a Bucks uh, supporter, <laughs> Bucks podcast. So, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm keen to see how the rest of the season sort of goes. I, I My trajectory is that Giannis and Dame are getting better together. So, yeah. no concerns, really. Um, if Brooke can keep up this sort of offensive load, I mean, I, I, I don't know. The sky's literally the limit for the man. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Chris is just going to get healthier. So, um, yeah, it's just been fun to watch. I'm keen. I think you said uh, we were talking sort of off the podcast at the Heat. We've got a Heat game coming up, mm. um, which uh, I'm looking forward to that Heat check. And uh, absolutely, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good to kind of see where we're stacking up with with them at this time. Mm. Um, now, I, I wanted to jump over to uh, another sort of hot take, Tommy. This is something I just kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is which is that yesterday there was a game that uh, the the sort of final score is something I would have never expected going into the season, and oh, it wow. was Rockets beat Denver one hundred five to eighty. Okay, so they I shut down it. the Nuggets. Okay, I and I was like, what happened here, right? Because if we look at the last season, Rockets were one of the worst teams. Denver was an unstoppable offensive juggernaut. So I was like, what? Yeah. How how did they stop Jokic? Like. How did the Nuggets only score 80 points in a basketball game in 2023? I was like, that yeah. doesn't make sense. So I went and watched the watched the highlights, and I, it's kind of made me interested in kind of what this spells out for the rest of the year for the Nuggets, which is that what they did, as far as I can tell, was, a, I mean, A, the Rockets are better this season. That's just different than last season. They're trying. But... B, what they kind of did, which is something that I hadn't I hadn't really thought of, is the Nuggets, if you take Jokic off the team and Murray's injured at the moment, like yeah. they're not they're not really a good team. You know? They're, like, they're, it's they're like, a great yeah, they're a great team, but like they run everything through Jokic. And so he's good at getting everyone involved, but they've got no one to run it through when there's no Jamal and Jokic can't score all the points. I got the sense, sorry, just to butt in real quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
I got the sense the Rockets were kind of like, yeah, let Jokic get his, but no one else is going to score. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I was looking at the score as well. Jokic had like a 30-point game, I think. Mm. Um, still like insane numbers, like mm. like 30, 15, and 12, like yeah. usual. Uh, but no one else scored. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what, what do you think? Well, my, my takeaway from that was like, it is almost like, how can we, how can we get Jokic to get the ball out of his hand to someone that's not cutting? Like, how can we get him just to make a regular yeah. pass around the three-point line? And then we're going to seal off Jokic from that point as much as we can. And mm. we'll just let the rest of the team try and work out their own offense. Because when you've got Reggie Jackson, Michael Porter Jr., like yeah. Aaron Gordon and throw in some shooter, the playmaking yeah. is not there. Yeah. Like, they're not going to get good offense from those players just playing without Jokic. Like, if you're just like, we're just going to make sure, like, he doesn't get the ball. And if he has the ball, like, let him cook, whatever. But if he's not going to have the ball, let the other te- rest of the team try and beat us. Uh, and I think that that may be a secret going into the thing. It's like, how can we just prevent Jokic from feeling comfortable with the ball? Or how can we make him as, as uh, like, off the offense as much as possible and just let the rest of the team kind of play us four and four? It really just shows, to be honest, how good Jamal Murray is because he's mm. the reason that that, um, that that hasn't been an option in the past. Because mm. whenever they just kind of – whenever they did that exact game plan, Jamal Murray comes in and mm. he has the points and the assists to keep the team sort of ticking over. So um, that sort of just shows his value. And I think the other thing as well is, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due to the Rockets. It's ve- I think that a lot of what their success rides on is Van Vliet. And um, he has been, you know, it's no secret in the league that he's a great player, great facilitator, weirdly a sniper. I will, I haven't forgotten <laughs> how he lit us up uh, in the <laughs> nineteen playoffs. I think in like yeah. the you know Eastern Conference Final or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude just could not miss, and I'd never heard. I, what is a Van Vliet, as famously was said. Um, but yeah, I think that he's been great for that young team and just like kind of, he kind of reminds me of uh, when Chris Paul went to OKC and mm. all of a sudden they were good and he was kind of distributing and like he mm. was that presence on the floor. This is what I'm seeing in the Rockets at the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, also Jalen Green takes like 30 shots. So you're going to get like <laughs> 20 points eventually. Um, you know what I mean? The dude, like, don't have him on your fantasy, mate, because your field goal percentage just goes. <laughs> He's just, he's not afraid to shoot. He's like Brooke Lopez. Man is not afraid to chuck up some some bricks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I also had one more thing that I just kind of uh, wanted to chat on, Tommy, which was just an interesting observation that I think makes a lot of things make a lot of sense. I was listening to a podcast that had Doc Rivers on it. Doc Rivers was talking about the difference between US players and Euro players or just, you know, international players. And this to me explains really what's going on with Euro players and American players and why American players are so much better generally at ISO. Like they can ISO. Most American players can have at least some sort of ISO game. And most European players and international players have a more balanced skill set, I would say. Yeah. He's like basic. And this to me, this just clicked for me. So I I just wondered how this is going to click with you. It was like Euro and international players practice six days a week and play one game on those like once a week. Like that's how Euro league basketball is. It's not, you know, four games a week. It's one, you know? Yeah. Uh, and American players when they're in high school are playing three games a day, you know, like they'll go to tournaments and they're playing three games a day. And I was like, Oh, this makes so much sense for why their skill sets are the way they are. Like European players are just practicing 
fundamentals all the time, you know? Yeah. And then they get out into a game and they know all their plays and they know how to find people throughout the entire play because they've practiced the play heaps. And so, you know, they're better at passing, they're better at court vision. They're sort of, you know, know, and in in a general sense, this isn't, you know, obviously 100% true, but, and then in the US, it makes so much sense. If I'm playing three games a day, my only skill set is to get better at beating people off the dribble or beating people in the post or, you know, how can I be an effective offensive player when we can't plan for the other team, you know? Well, that just kind of describes, as far as I'm concerned, like the three best European players in the league at the moment in Luca, um, Joker, and Giannis, mm. pr- to be honest. And then, but then I think of other great European players, Dirk, uh, like at the moment in Orlando, like the Wagner brothers, mm. um, like all these guys, uh, you know, they're great facilitators and great team players, also great individual players, but they're not like, um, it's not like Kyrie, do you know what mm. I mean? Or like Jason Tatum, who's yeah, like yeah. ISO superstar, like hero ball, yeah. extraordinary. Um, and yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like it's like the playing rhythms are different and I it just makes me think of footwork. I just feel like mm. those... Those three European players, like, yeah, Luka, Jokic, and Giannis, their footwork is on a different level, but it's all, it's really basic step throughs, mm. Euro step, um, you know, gather step stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I take that. That's a yeah. regular take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a hot take. I just like, I, I'd never put those things together before. I'm like, why do they play so differently? But it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to talk about, Tommy? Um, no, I think we've covered it. I think we've covered it. Sweet as. All right. Well, then, Tommy, I think it's time for uh, our patented uh, segment, Agent Cody Bank. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, Agent Cody Bank, as Ooh. I've mentioned, uh, uh, it is the uh, segment where we give each other 45 seconds and a player we don't we don't know about before uh, we've just started recording, and we have to be their agent and get them the bag. Okay, now a lot of the times <laughs> these may be obscure players, uh, they may not even be in the NBA anymore, but it's our job as the agent to sell them to both the audience and potentially a GM. So, Tommy, do you want to go first? Do you want to uh, hear your player first? Yeah, all right, let's go. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Let's right. go for a mate. All right, you're 40- someone that I. Yeah, you, I'm ready. you do know this player. Uh, you've got okay. 45 seconds on the clock, and the player oh. that I want you to be agent Cody Bank for is Bol Bol. Bol Bol. Okay. Well, I mean, you can't miss him. Uh, the dude is <laughs> Slender Man uh, meets NBA. So, uh, Bol Bol, if you're looking, <laughs> the man's so nice, we named him twice. Uh, put him on your team, give him the bag. He's got weirdly a good outside shot. Um, weirdly can't rebound that great, but it doesn't matter. His footwork uh, is okay. Uh, he might scare the opponents just because he looks as as advertised like Slender Man. Uh, get him on your team. He's great for rubbish minutes. He might be good on the third stringers, maybe pushing second stringers on a bad team. Um, uh, you know, you got two names for the price of fun here. So I think Bold deserves the bag. Give it to him. Beautiful, beautiful. Bol Bol. I also like that Bol Bol always has, like, if you ever see shots of him, like, when he's on the bench and stuff, he's always got such a sheepish little grin, you know? 
does. <laughs> he's he's um he's so tall. He's the reason that people say that taller doesn't necessarily mean better. You look at him and you think, why is this guy not carving it up in the NBA? And he's like, I should have said this in my agent Cody base. He's like Kevin Durant if he couldn't shoot that well. Um, so yeah, Bob, Bob. All right, now for you, I'm just giving you a bit of context. I know with Agent Cody Banks, we usually do kind of a bit of an offcut, a bit of a uh, unsung hero who deserves a bag. But I'm going to give you someone, Jeremy, mm-hmm. who is very. I think this the the agent for this uh, for this person uh, is doing a lot of work. They're going to be on the market very soon. Unfortunately for them, they already have a bag, which is what's making the transaction just a little bit, you know, spicy. So um, have you got the timer set there, mate? I've got it, mate. Your agent Cody Banks uh, for this afternoon or this evening is uh, none other than the soon-to-be-on-the-market Zach Levine. Okay. Good luck. (laughs) Zach Levine, do you want a guy who in 2016 had the best slam dunk contest you've ever seen. Um, (laughs) I think Zach Levine is a kind of, you know what Zach Levine is? Zach Levine is, if I'm the Detroit Pistons, why not? And I'm like, I want to be both worse and have more people in the audience to watch our games. Zach Levine is actually the person you want. Like he's not going to make good basketball reads. He's going to miss important threes. Yes. But if you're tanking, this is actually what you want on your team. A guy who kind of brings star power, but he also mostly brings bricks and sort of like a celebrity adjacent energy, despite having achieved absolutely nothing in his life. I actually don't think he's just, sorry. uh, Now that, now that I'm not his uh, agent anymore, that time is done. Now that I'm not his agent anymore, I do want to say, I don't think he's actually ever won a playoff game. I think that's a stat that's associated with him. So that like that's good if you want to tank. That's the kind of attitude you want in the play-in where you're like, you know what, we actually want the better pick. Let's throw Zach Levine in for 45 minutes and just see how we go. So that's anyway, Zach. Uh... <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean to set you off like that, mate. Um kind of went from Agent Cody Banks into Agent Cody Rants. Uh that's that's more like Agent Cody been... Tanks. Agent Cody Tanks. If that, um, the way you were talking about the Pistons, um, if they traded for Zach Levine, that kind of reminds me of when they traded for Blake Griffin. Uh, but he was already like a little washed, but took on a really bad contract. Got kind of like that star power. You know, like people come and see, but the team was kind of crap and he sort of finessed them and then went to like the Nets. That's exactly like that feels like the most Bulls thing to uh, like Bulls Pistons mm-hmm. sort of thing to do. And I can see him, I can see that happening with Levine. You know what I mean? You're so right. He's got washed energy without being washed. He's not even old. No, he's not old. He's on this awful contract. It's like he seems a lot better than what he is. Like he said, like in my head, I'm like, he's a great player. He claimed our contest winner. He does have a decent shot a lot of the time. He's made some great plays, but you're right. Never made a playoff. Like they haven't had a playoff win or a series win, you know what I mean? Like, he, he hasn't actually ever been, like, a genuine top 10 player or anything mm. like that, or even, like, a top 15 player. Dropped 50, like, once maybe. I don't mm. know. Which is, you know, like, let's not play it. I've never dropped 50. It's good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's, like, kind of, yeah, it's like, what do you do with that kind of contract and how does he fit? Like, he, yeah, I don't know. 
And he kind of he's also terrible in the fourth quarter where you know like if there's 10 seconds left he's going to ask for the play to be drawn up for him and he's going to kind of like do a terrible shot like he'll do one of those ones that if he makes it it's like an all-time game winner like it's like him running yeah. across the wing doing a fading three-point shot that um, like hits the backboard hits the front of the rim and flies out that's basically what you can expect from a Zach Levine fourth quarter performance. Yeah, well, I mean, I did not think that Aiden Cody Banks would go for this long. But, I mean, yeah, Zach Levine, I, I actually don't know what they're going to do with the Bulls. Um, it's kind of weird because, like, they're all still – it's like there was all this chatter about how they're, like, you know, team meetings and are they just going to blow up the team? And, you know, is Kobe White going to be the, like, the face <laughs> of the franchise now? That's me in my head. You know how I feel about Kobe White. Um but yeah, like they're still playing together. Like, like nothing's happened. I guess it doesn't happen overnight. But like, I'm like, guys, are we? Um, what's happening with Demar? What's happening with Zach? What's happening yeah. with? So uh, I don't know. Anyway, just quick. But actually, you know what? Just just while we're here, just, just mm-hmm. super quick. You did say, is there anything else? Caruso to the box thoughts. Yeah, I'm look. I'm I'm feeling less and less ha- like into it day by day as the Bucks are growing stronger and I'm loving the team more. It's 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 not a it's not a um decision that I'm making with my brain where I'm like I th- obviously he'd help the Bucks and there's probably pieces we could trade away and it would improve the team but my heart is like my heart is growing fonder of our younger defensive mm-hmm. players and at the moment I want to see them get more minutes and kind of like I think if if our defense is really in the bottom third of the league at in sort of around the All Star break I think that's when we need to make a decision about that like we need to really be like well, i think we need to go get someone but if we can be around halfway if we can be like around 15 12 ish i think that's good enough uh it, the only problem that i'm seeing is like i mean it doesn't really matter what we do when we get into the playoffs when if we're playing the celtics they're just gonna iso dame every time you know so it'll be up to adrian griffin to prevent that from happening but that's basically what we're going to be looking at anyway regardless of who we trade for so you know we just got to kind of, I guess, work out how to deal with that more than anything. And yeah, just I, I think you're right, dude. And crap, I had a point I was going to make, and it's gone now. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. With our defense, the thing that's kind of like been frustrating about it is there's actually been periods of time. I think I've said this to you before, like where we've just locked up other teams. Mm. Like I, I was watching a game the other day, and like you know, the team didn't score for three or four minutes. Uh, the Celtics, the we did that too. Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, and but it's happened in other. It was. It's not just a once-off. It's like we. It'll be like halfway through the third or something, and mm. they will just go cold. The yeah. like we will just lock them up, stop after stop, and we keep scoring. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we can play defense and we can lock up other teams. It's just we don't. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think that playoffs is like a different animal. You know, defensive. I mean, in the whole game but especially defensively like you said they'll just iso dame or Giannis um and uh, or like get him to do outside shots so I don't know we kind of need to work that out but uh, uh, yeah I I see glimpses of it where I'm like okay yeah. well we can we just kind of don't maybe that's because we're trying new stuff um, I know that we've kind of we've gone past my little uh use by time here but Tommy I do uh, before we go I really do need to get your takes on this because I just thought of this then and I realized I hadn't got your thoughts on it at all. And this is going to be in our shots fired. I have no doubt. I don't even know what your take is, but it's going to be in our shots fired. Um, So Tommy, what are your thoughts? Just give us 45 seconds off the top of your head 
on what you think of the Clippers with James Harden on them now. All right. Well, I knew you would do this to me, mate. Don't get me so riled up. I'm trying to – I need to go to bed after this. <laughs> um, you know what? I Just a steaming pile of uh, just crap. I mean – it's it's everything we thought it was going to be, and I know I sent you some block text messages after this trade went down, and quite rightly because they this is just the most Clippers move ever. Um, James Harden, you know what? Credit to him, he's delivering on the brand, the brand of going into franchises, blowing it up, and then blaming everyone except for yourself. He's doing exactly what you thought he was going to do. Um, I love the, like, you know, reverse card that Westbrook has played. I don't know if you saw, but he's, like, come out and said, I'm going to come off the bench. This actually works so good for him because if it does work, he's the dude who was humble and come off the bench. If it doesn't work, he's coming off the bench anyway. So he's, like, taking a bullet. So big ups to Russ. Um, I feel like Kawhi just cries himself to sleep every night and Paul George (laughs) starting to realize that he is, like, um, he's like Zach Levine plus five years. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I'm good, but I haven't achieved anything in my life. You know what I mean? He like made the conference finals twice and that's like it. Um, so yeah, in the same way that Dame uh, waved goodbye to Oklahoma and Paul George, I just feel like the league is waving goodbye to the Clippers. And despite the fact that they have won a couple of games, like they, they, they lost like four and then they've like won a few, but I mean, it's just a, I mean, Ty Lue's going to lose his job. If he keeps his job at the end of this season, if, look, I, I, we've got to make some kind of badges. If that team remains at the end of this season with no changes to either staff and all the team, as far as the, the big four are concerned, Kawhi, PG, James and Westbrook, I have there's got to be some kind of ramification for me because I cannot see that happening in any way, shape, or form. I'm happy to put some money on that bet, mate. Happy to make a hypothetical like sort of wager. But <laughs> this if they if they even make the playoffs, I'll be impressed. The play-in. Play-in. That's where I'm at. Give me your hot take, please. Please tell me what you think. I need to know. Well, first of all. Um, <laughs> but my thoughts, I mean, this couldn't have gone exactly as I thought more the thing. I think, yeah. you know, why Westbrook, Westbrook did this is because he's like, I don't want to be the one that gets traded. I don't want to be the one that gets blamed because when they started losing, yeah, yeah. When, when they started losing, there was starting to be things, oh, is Westbrook the problem? So he's like, he's like, you know what? I dealt with this last year in a different LA team. So I'm going to deal with this oh, right yeah. now. I'm not the oh, problem. Yeah. I'm going to promise you that. I want to promise you that, that oh, I'm yeah. not the one causing the problems here. So he's like, I'll do the bench thing. Um, and I think that it's a huge PR move more than anything else. You know, oh, exact. everyone thinks what you just laid out. This guy's a good guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so now it's the pressure is on James if this team starts losing. Because the Clippers were playing so well before he got there. Like, there was harmony. Yeah. Everything made sense. Um, I think it's just that another... Was fun. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually think hot take... Um, that James Harden could be out of the league by the end of the year. I can actually, I can see that happening because I can see him having the season Westbrook had last year where everyone's like, are they serious? Like, is he seriously going to do this again? And yeah. just causing internal turmoil. And they're like, we have to trade this guy. They trade him to somewhere to finish off his contract. And then he either is a minimum player. And I don't think he'll accept that. So I think he just goes plays in China and makes a crazy amount of money and just runs a team there, to be honest. 
I I must confess, I um I didn't think this trade was going to happen. Like I I didn't think that the Clippers would actually go for him. I mm. thought that it was like oh it's commonly uh, like mm. knowledge around the league that he blows up locker rooms and mm. kind of just leaves you know awake uh, in his stead. But um yeah, I I think that you might be right. He might be out of the league or at least be just like completely redundant in the league. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um. It's really weird because he was a really good player and I think still sometimes is a really good player. But I don't know, man. I, I Yeah, I don't know. Where's the, it's weird. I almost started to enjoy watching Clippers games. Yeah, me I too. Did. They were, we were talking about it. They were kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Assist. They were sort of playing free. Zubats, you know, is mm. good for a dunk every now and then. Mm. I was like, this this could be kind of fun. I can't believe I'm saying it. Usually hate the Clippers. And then they did the most Clippers thing ever, which is like <laughs> anytime they get a shred. It's like anytime there's a shred of potential enjoyment, they remind you why they are, you know, bottom three, I would say, of the bo- barrel of teams I just hate. You're so you right. I mean? every, every time they get a, a modicum of chemistry, it's like, yeah. you know what we need is to completely revamp this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need to do? Snuff this out right now. Yeah, yeah. We need to like, nip this in the butt. <laughs> like, remember when they didn't have um, Kawhi and PG or something? And they took, this is before, the season before they got him. And it was like yeah. Pat Bev and Lou Will and Montrez and everything. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. took the Warriors in the first round to six games. And they're like, yes, yeah. all right, next year. We'll come back, maybe add another piece, and we're good to go. And it's like, you know what actually we're going to do is sell everybody and bring PG and Kawhi in. And it's like, okay, so this team, we're not building on that. It's like, oh, you know what we need actually with this PG and Kawhi team? Let's get rid of everybody that's like a glue guy that gets rebounds, you know, hustles, plays defense. Let's get rid of all those guys and let's just add more people that don't do any of that. So, yeah, very Clippers. Um, Well, Tommy, we've absolutely blown past not only our last segment, but just this whole timeline. So... I think it's fair to say, everybody, we'll check in in the new year. I'm going to India for the rest of the year, but we'll check in in the new year. Uh, hopefully, we see the Bucks. you know, at least around third to first would be great. Uh, yeah. The in-season tournament, the first one ever, will be completed by the time we check in. Uh, any yeah, final I thoughts, Tommy, before we uh, head off? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how the in-season tournament sort of, uh, like, how that wraps up. I think it's been like a, like... A, a fair success at the moment. Like everyone's kind of like, all right, this seems okay. And I'm sort of there as well. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah. nothing sort of bad yet. So I'm, yeah. I'm about it. Um, yeah. I'm kind of keen to see how that goes. Keen to sort of check in in the new year. I will be moving continents again, mm-hmm. just due to the lack of, um, you know, I've got to keep my privacy, got to keep my anonymity. <laughs> Can't be doxing myself. Uh, got to keep our fans on their toes. So I'll be moving continents again to a new undisclosed location. You're obviously moving. You're going to the subcontinent for a month just to like escape, That's go it. sort of <laughs> off grid, underground. You know, change burners again. Uh, yeah. We're at significant financial sort of strain to keep this <laughs> podcast going, and I hope that everyone sort of appreciates that. Um, we are traversing the world to keep this coming to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to that kind of – it'll be either pre or post sort of all-star break. It'll be adjacent. All-star adjacent check-in in the yeah, new year. The talk will all be all-star, like in the media. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, as always, everybody, fit. Fit.